It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now, Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. Well, what's up, Las Vegas? Happy Hump Day. It is Wednesday. It is PTL time. And I am so glad that you can join us on your, maybe on your lunch hour. I don't know. It's Vegas. It could be dinner for some people, breakfast. You could be sleeping. I don't know. But either way, I'm hope I'm, I hope I'm waking you up. Welcome to the show. We're going to have some fun today. we got some great guests. You know, sometimes I lie to you, but I'm actually being honest today. We do have some great guests. <laughs> Coming up in hour number two, he is known as the Cowboy Commissioner. He is quite the character. Oh, yeah, we're going to have some fun with the former Clark County Commissioner, Tom Collins. He was a controversial politician in this town, but I think that's gone away ever since Donald Trump started in this country. It makes Tom Collins seem a little, la- uh, not lame, tame. But uh, Tom Collins joining us in studio, hour number two. Uh, looking forward to, uh, I've actually never met him in person, so I'm looking forward to meeting him and having a good conversation with him in hour number two. At the bottom of the hour, eight-time Emmy winner, Michelle Mortensen will be joining us. Oh, there's plenty of stuff to get to with her. I'm not going to believe what Carrie Lake said about women. <laughs> I might have to play that to start the show. I mean, I'll play it a couple times throughout the show, but it's... Um, it's pretty interesting. Uh, we're going to get to some uh, audio. Joe Biden speaking yesterday. Again, calling out MAGA Republicans. Calling out those who are attacking the FBI. We'll get to that. By the way, this is what uh, this is what Carrie Lake... Now, if you don't know who Carrie Lake is, running for office in Arizona, she won her primary. Shows you how stupid some of these people are in Arizona. Now, this is to the ladies out there. Forget about the men for a moment, okay? I'm including you ladies. I want you to listen to what Carrie Lake, I don't care whether you're a Republican or Democrat, this is what Carrie Lake had to say about women comparing them to men. Listen to this. We know that God did not create us to be equal to men. You know what? We aren't equal to men. Women are different than men. We don't want to be equal to them because we are not the same. Can you please explain to me if you're a woman? I don't care if you're a conservative. I don't care how far to the right you are. What type of woman are you with any self-respect at all to vote for somebody like this? You could agree with 99% of her nonsense, which also makes you an idiot, by the way, because she is an election denier. She says Trump won the election. She's a mini Donald Trump, basically, minus the penis, I would imagine. Uh, the small one. I'm sorry, that was a terrible joke this early in the day. How could you vote for Carrie Lake? Re- seriously, how could you vote for her? Women are not equal to men. We were born different. Yeah, I mean, basically she's saying women are, are, are lower than men. That's really what she's saying there. In 2022, we have a woman who actually won a primary in Arizona who believes these things. What type of effing fool are you to vote for this woman? Well, you know what? 
<laughs> Michelle Mortensen, I'm going to join her at the bottom of the hour. She's going to be joining us, I should say, at the bottom of the hour. I'm going to ask her her thoughts on Kerry Lake. She is a female. She is a conservative. What does she think of Kerry Lake saying that? Uh, I, I will I will ask her about that. I will. Yeah, yeah, I will. We know that God did not create us to be equal to men. You know what? We aren't equal to men. Women are different than men. We don't want to be equal to them because we are not the same. Well, Carrie, you're not the same. You're not the same. And while you might be a woman, most women in this country have an IQ over 20. Most women in this country are not election deniers. Most women in this country believe in giving women the right to choose. Most women in this country do not wear the Donald Trump knee pads like you. So we'll get to uh, we'll get to more of that coming up at the bottom of the hour. Hey, big game uh, uh, tonight. I know it's a wonderful transition to go from Kerry Lake saying that women are not equal to men and now talking about the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, but, uh, hey, big game tonight. Uh, you know, I really enjoy going to Aces games. They're a lot of fun, and the crowds have been absolutely nothing short of fantastic. Great organization and a fun environment, but let's call it for what it is. If they lose tonight at Mandalay Bay, season's over. You're not going to win three games in a row against Seattle. Uh, this is, uh, in every definition of the word, this is a must-win for the Las Vegas Aces tonight. They have to win this basketball game. I think they will. Because I think uh, Becky Hammond, not I think, I know, Becky Hammond, a very good, capable coach. I'm sure she made her adjustments. Uh, Asia Wilson is the key to the game tonight, in my opinion. She has to be better on both ends of the floor. She has to be better. Uh, it doesn't matter how they shoot the ball. What really matters tonight is that you get everybody involved, you share the basketball, and uh, it's a must-win. You know, we hear that cliche in sports all the time. Must-win game, they have to win, backs against the wall. Well, this is. You go down 2-0, then you got to travel to Seattle for the next two games, and you got to win both of them? I, I don't see that happening. This is a resilient bunch, but this would be a really... And, and, and let's be honest about this. Tonight's Las Vegas Aces game could be the last home game of the year. It could, let's be honest, this could be it. You have Hall of Fame players on Seattle. Now, Sue Bird isn't anywhere near the player she once was. But you've got arguably the best offensive player in the league on Seattle. You have arguably one of the best point guards, if not the best point guard in the league on Seattle. You have a very good head coach. So hopefully the fans come out. Hopefully it's sold out like it was the other day. I'm not sure if it is, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Got to be loud in there, even louder than the other day. And the other day it was pretty darn loud. I was telling a friend of mine, I was saying, I haven't heard it being this loud at a UNLV game for years. You know, it's really rocking in there. It's a nice arena. It's a perfect place, I think, for the Aces to play. And uh, I'm pulling for them. You know, I'm pulling for them. I want them to win this game. I want them to extend the series to 1-1. And and, and, uh, even though that doesn't guarantee... They come back. Uh, you know, the Aces have put themselves in a position now where, at a minimum, they have to win two of the next three games. They just have to, at a minimum. You have to win tonight. And then, you know, you get the split in Seattle, and then you hope that you can get business, you take care of business game five at home. But we're, I'm getting ahead of myself here. You have to win the basketball game tonight. Doesn't matter how, doesn't matter by how many, unless you're betting the spread, which I'm not. Uh, you have to win the game. I do believe that uh, the Aces win tonight. I, I believe they get it done. And I believe the series tied 1-1. It wouldn't be surprising to me if they won by double digits. Because, again, you have the probably the best coach in the league in year one. 
and I think you have the best starting lineup in the WNBA. I'm not sure about the Aces bench. Uh, not as strong as certainly not as strong as Seattle. Uh, I'm, I'm not crazy about their bench, and I'm also not crazy about their half court offense. If there's any adjustments that Becky Hammond needs to make, it's get Asia Wilson the basketball more. She needs to get more shots, and she needs to get the ball where she's comfortable, which is usually at the free throw line. She needs to score. I don't care what type of game that some of these other ladies have. Okay, I don't care if Kelsey Plum scores thirty. That's great, right? Uh, but you know, there's a couple other ladies on this team that are capable of scoring 30, but Asia Wilson, in my personal opinion, if Asia Wilson gets to 20 points or more, they win. Because if she gets to 20 points or more, a lot of those baskets are going to be mid-range open shots and layups underneath the basket. Uh, to me, Asia Wilson is the key to this game. We know how good Seattle is, but we'll, we'll, it should be it should be a good one. You know, it should be a good game. This is, uh, I think you can make the argument. Uh, I know that last year in the semifinals of the WNBA playoffs in a must-win game, that was the biggest game in franchise history. This is right there with it. in my Because this is a must-win. Just like that was a must-win the last game of the year for them. This is a must-win. And even though it wouldn't technically be the last game of the year, it'll probably be the last game at home. You have to win this game tonight. Have to find a way. We're going to really see how good this team is tonight. I expect Seattle is not going to play as well as they played in Game 1, even though they didn't shoot the ball very well. I expect the Aces to come out on fire. I expect them to come out not like they came out in Game 1, where they were maybe a little nervous. So, anyway, we will be covering that tomorrow. By the way, speaking of the show tomorrow, quickly, you heard of the young man, The I believe he was 22 years old, uh, we covered this story yesterday with Thomas Moskal, the 22-year-old who's knocking on his ex-girlfriend's house. We covered it yesterday, and he kind of tries to break down the door, and then the father uh, of the girlfriend, ex-girlfriend shoots him and kills him. Well, that young man who lost his life, and I feel horrible for his family for sure, uh, that young man's sister is going to be joining us on the show tomorrow. You know, I saw her on a national network yesterday. I was able to track her down, and uh, she's going to be joining us tomorrow. So that... Uh, Certainly should be interesting. Mike Babcock from TMZ Sports is going to be joining us tomorrow, too. And the reason why Matt, Mike Babcock is joining us, besides the fact that I love having him on, and you see him on TV every day at TMZ, uh, Marshawn Lynch, another story comes out. As you know, Marshawn Lynch was charged with a DUI a few weeks back. Obviously, he was drunk. I, I don't care what his attorneys say. His attorneys will lie and, and say whatever it takes to defend Marshawn Lynch. But now there's a new video that's come out. Apparently, this happened six months ago where he's driving a Lamborghini. He crashes and totals his Lamborghini, leaves the scene of the crime. Who knows whether he was drunk or not? I would suspect he probably was on something. Leaves the scene of the crime. His friend waits there and, and takes the bait and you know takes responsibility. And then days later, Marshawn Lynch shows up at uh, traffic headquarters and owns it and said he was driving the car. I'm sure he was probably screwed up on something, effed up on alcohol or something. You know, this was this wasn't even a highway. It was a side road where you know there's no reason to be driving at a, a fast rate of speed. I guess he lost control of his car. But why would you leave the scene of the crime? Well, Marshawn Lynch claims he left the scene of the crime 
because people at 3 a.m. on the side of some road in Vegas were taking pictures of him, which, by the way, is a complete lie. Not only is there no evidence of that, but I don't care what celebrity you are, even if you're Shaquille O'Neal, if it's 3 o'clock in the morning on a side road, I don't think a car is going to stop and just take pictures with you. I'm sorry, I don't see that happening, and I don't think that happened here. And this is Marshawn Lynch. While he's a recognizable guy, at night when people are driving on the road, on the side of the road, he's claiming that people were taking pictures of him, and that's why he left the scene. By the way, that's not an excuse to leave the scene of a crime or an accident. That's not, that's not an excuse. I believe Marshawn Lynch, Lynch was drunk six months ago. I believe Marshawn Lynch was drunk several weeks ago. I believe it's just a matter of time before he kills somebody on the road unless he seeks help or he gets punished and says, oh, I better slow down. I can't do this anymore. Marshawn Lynch is a danger to society, in my personal opinion. And I, look, I think of the rug situation and what would stop Marshawn Lynch from doing something like that. This is a guy, obviously, who is not safe behind the wheel. So we'll see what happens and uh, any new developments. As I said, Mike Babcock from TMZ Sports will be joining us tomorrow to give us an update on this story. So we have a lot to get to today. We have a lot to talk about. I talk a lot on this show about responsibility with citizens and police brutality and the way police treat people. In a lot of stories I cover, and I have covered on this show for years and years and years I've been on the radio, if a police officer does something wrong, I call it out. But I also say there's a responsibility for our citizens to comply and to do what officers tell you to do, especially if the officer's not doing anything wrong. It's never an excuse to resist arrest. And I understand people that are black in society don't want to hear from a white person on how to act. I totally understand that, and I am sympathetic to that. But I don't care what the color of your skin is, even if you're treated differently than me, and in some cases you are, I understand that. It's never a reason to not comply, and it's never a reason to run from police or make the situation worse. Well, I want to take you to a story in Florida. His name is Xavier Askew. He's 25 years old. He was pulled over on a basic traffic stop. Basic traffic stop, basic citation. And the officer smells marijuana. He's doing his job. By the way, the officer was very professional. And in the end, he got dragged as this guy tries to get away. I want you to listen to this interaction between this man in Florida, Xavier Askew, 25, and this police officer. And then we will discuss. Why does your car smell like marijuana? It doesn't, sir. It does. There's, there's a reason why I'm asking, man. It's not my first day, okay? Well, this is what I'm going to tell you, okay? As long as you're cool, you stay cool. I'll be cool back. Fair enough. Yes, I don't care. I don't care about a little bit of pot. I'm not, I'm not looking to jam you, my, my man. I promise you, okay? This is what I want you to do. I want sir, you to be I'm completely... scared of cops, bro. No, I... no, 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 no. Stop. No, I... Have, have I been disrespectful at all? No, but I literally just went through this last, not like, two nights ago. Why did you get searched the other night? The same reason you guys say my car smells like weed in it. I, 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 haven't, I don't smoke in my car. Okay. It might be me, but I don't smoke in my car, sir. Which, Dylan... Is there marijuana in this vehicle, yes or no? No, no, there's not. Now is your chance to tell me. Because if, if you're honest with me, I will work with you. Don't don't reach, man. Don't reach. Just relax. Relax. Right here. I, okay. No, no shit. Okay. Okay. Is there anything else in there? No, sir. Okay. Hop on out for me, man. I don't want to hop off the car. You don't have a choice. Okay, so it's crazy video that I just watched yesterday. That officer was dragged, could have been killed. And why? What's the worst thing that could have happened there? This 25-year-old 
could have gotten a citation. That's why he told him to get out of the car. Doesn't mean he was going to arrest him. He had a lot of marijuana on him. It probably wasn't marijuana that was bought anywhere. Uh, legally, maybe illegally. But you're going to get a citation You go home. That's how people get killed. And while I understand, and I, un- I totally am empathetic to the fact that there is systemic racism in society. I talk about it all the time. That instant, and, and I go case by case basis when it comes to law enforcement. That police officer was very patient. He was very respectful, and he did absolutely nothing wrong. And by the way, I think that officer was probably being honest too. He was trying to de-escalate, and that's what officers' jobs are to do. They're professionals. They're supposed to de-escalate. That officer did an A plus job. He did everything he was supposed to do. And just because someone says they're scared of police is not an excuse to run away. It's not an excuse to drag some a police officer, and it's never an excuse to not comply. And I've had it. And again, I understand that people, who, uh, some people who are black in this country don't want to hear somebody white say, you better comply. I understand that. But what do you get from not complying? It makes absolutely no sense to me. I'll, I'll explain. I'll try to explain best I can. If you think that police officers are racist, and there's no, there's, no, there's no doubt that some of them are. I don't think there are a lot of them, but there, there are police officers out there that are racist. No question about it. There are a small percentage of police officers out there that are going to treat people differently because of the color of their skin. I wish those police officers were off the streets. They're out there. So let me ask you this. If that's the case, and you truly are scared of police officers... How is driving your car away, going, uh, you know, and running away from cops, how is that going to help you? This guy, Xavier Askew, is lucky to be alive because cops could have used deadly force there. Because that officer was dragged and he could have been killed. That put the officer in danger. That officer would have had the right to take out his gun and shoot this guy, Xavier, and why? Because he had a little weed in his car. I'm glad the officer didn't do that. For the record, the officer never pulls out his weapon. Very professional. And he should be praised for that. And I try to praise officers when they deserve it. This officer should get a raise. He should be praised. And by the way, this driver lied to, to law enforcement. You don't have to answer any questions, by the way, when unless you're suspect, you know, unless you're detained, which at that time that guy wasn't detained, I don't think. He didn't have to answer any questions. So the end result is that the officer survived. And this guy, Askew, made his situation a lot worse than it would have been. At worst case scenario, he, like I said, he probably would have been cited for having a little illegal marijuana in his vehicle. So long as he wasn't high at the time, it didn't appear that he was. Well, guess what? He's been charged with attempted first-degree murder of a law enforcement officer and kidnapping. You can spend... Decades in jail for something like that. And it's a responsibility that you have as a parent. I don't care what the color of your skin is when I'm talking about this. You have to act a certain way when you're involved with law enforcement. You have to act a certain way. And again, I know some people don't want to hear that. And I also understand that if you behave perfectly, there are some, even though they're rare, there are some situations where law enforcement can still harm you or even kill you. And even though George Floyd didn't comply the entire way, 
he was on his stomach, and that was murder, right? George Floyd wasn't doing anything wrong at the time he was murdered. We all could agree on that. So I am not going to sit here, and I am not going to say that if you comply and you do everything a police officer tells you to do, 100% of the time you're going to get out of there unharmed. I'm not going to say that, but I will say this. If you comply, and if you listen to the officer's commands, and you do what the officer tells you to do, I guarantee you the overwhelming majority of the time you're not going to be hurt. No matter what the crime is, the officers are not going to hurt you 99.9% of the time. When we, when we look at these officer-involved shootings, most of them, not all of them, but most of them get to that level of a cop pulling out a weapon because there's non-compliance. Now, I am not saying if you're a 15-year-old kid and you got caught shoplifting and stealing gum and a cop stops you, and you're on a bicycle, and you're running from the police, I'm not saying you deserve to be shot. That's not what I'm saying. There's a lot of situations where even if there's noncompliance, it doesn't mean you deserve to be killed. That's also not what I am saying. What I am saying is you're a moron if you don't comply. I don't care what the color of your skin is, and I don't care how scared you are of cops. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you run from police or you drag a police officer, they're going to be scared too, and they're probably going to take out their guns, and you're going to be lucky to be unscathed. This is logical stuff, and I am always, I shouldn't say always, but I am always listening to people who do not look like me, who uh, were raised differently than me. I listen. I've seen black people treated differently than me. I understand what white privilege is. doesn't mean I walk around society every day feeling guilty about slavery, but I understand what white privilege is. And we are all that are white have it to some degree. We can talk about our justice system. We can talk about the workforce, or we can talk about the way police interact with you. As a whole, I'm not saying that all police officers are bad. I would never make that statement. In fact, I think uh, the opposite. I think the overwhelming majority of police officers are heroes. They're good people. But we have to teach our kids. I say we. I don't have any kids as far as I know. We have to teach our kids how to act when it comes to law enforcement. Show your hands at all times. Comply. When they tell you to get out of the car, will you get out of the car If this kid, not really a kid, 25 years old is old enough to know right from wrong. When the officer tells you to get out of the car, you get out of the car. Not only does he not comply, but he drives off while the officer is dragged. That's where the attempted murder charge comes into play. How dumb do you have to be? A lot of these, and again, I preface it by saying not all of them, but a lot of these situations happen because of non-compliance. Oh, Brian, you don't know what you're talking about, Brian. You don't know what it's like to be black. You don't know. Listen, you're right. I don't. I listen to you. But that doesn't mean I'm wrong when it comes to this situation. You must do what the officers tell you to do. If you think they're breaking the law or they're treating you badly, then you hire an attorney when it's over with. You ask for the body camera footage. Doesn't mean they're going to be held to account all the time. And listen, I have my... I have my issues with law enforcement when it comes to not always be forthcoming with with releasing body camera footage and evidence, so on and so forth. I get it. But why on earth would you antagonize a cop? Why would you resist arrest? And my goodness, why would you drive away and lead police officers on some sort of police chase unless you have some sort of death wish? I don't understand it. Makes absolutely no sense to me. So... 
I think it's important to talk to your kids about how to behave when it comes to law enforcement. I think it's also important for police officers to be professional, like this officer was. Be professional and try to de-escalate. It goes both ways. If you see a police officer on the street, even if you don't like cops, I think it's the right thing to do. To shake a police officer's hand and say, hey, thank you for what you do. Unless they're being a jerk to you. Unless you don't like their attitude. Whatever. I understand that. You don't have to do that. But if, if officers are sitting there having dinner, I think I think it's the right thing to do. To shake their hand and say, I appreciate what you guys do. Thank you very much. goes a long way. And at the same time, I want police officers to treat us all with respect. No matter what we look like. No matter what our gender is. Or what the skin color uh, is. It has to go both ways. And while if you're disrespectful to a cop, cop's going to get annoyed and it's not smart, it's still the job of the police officer to de-escalate and be professional. That's also important. If you're dealing with a criminal or some jerk who, who's mouthing off to you, it doesn't mean it gives, the cop to, uh, gives a cop the right to treat you a different way. Not smart as a citizen to do that, but you get what I am saying. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back... Eight-time Emmy winner Michelle Mortensen is going to be joining us. We're going to talk to her a little bit. Well, about the Carrie Lake uh, statements, I'll, I'll ask her about that. But also, I want to go into Joe Biden's speech yesterday. Joe Biden uh, calling out the MAGA Republicans. We will talk a little bit about that. And there is now another state in this country that is making abortion illegal. We'll get to that as well. Take a quick break. Be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing Limits right here on KSHP. All right, I know my alternative rock, man. That sounds like a song called Plowed by the band Sponge out of Massachusetts. Pretty good alternative rock band. One of my favorite songs, actually, of the 90s. Welcome back, man. It's Pushing the Limits. By the way, speaking of a good time, Justin, speaking of a good time, guess where we're going to be on September 12th? Where will you be? We'll be at Sapphire Gentlemen's Club for their Monday night football party. We're helping to host that party. Uh, open bar from 4 to 7 p.m., free food, $25 to get in. They're pretty much giving it away. And open bar for three hours. That's like what, at most clubs, that's like one drink, right? I'm open so down. bar. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, first Monday night football game of the year, by the way. It's the Broncos and the Seahawks. So it should be a pretty good football game, too. Uh, check us out. We will all be there, and we'll be doing a podcast there that night. So we're going to have a lot of fun. Check them out. Sapphire, September 12th. That's Ross's return to Seattle. That's right. That's right. So it's a big game. It's a big game. All right, so joining us right now on the line, she is an eight-time Emmy winner, and uh, you know her from her reporting journalism skills, and uh, of course she's run for office as a Republican. So I always love mixing it up and having a good conversation with my friend Michelle Mortensen, who joins us right now. Michelle, thank you so much for being here. Good to see you. How are you? Doing all right. Thanks for having me. I sound a little different. Battling with the uh, back-to-school cold that, you know, everyone in school has right now. And uh, the kids come home. They bring it home. It's awesome. So thanks for letting me join you uh, this way. I'm sorry. So I don't give it to anyone there. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're not feeling good. You know, long story short, though, Bob Costas, I'm sure you've heard of him, the famous uh, uh, sports broadcaster, he got his first job because he put together a demo. And that demo, he was sick, so he was a little nasal. And and he, he said it made his 
voice deeper. So I don't know. I mean, sometimes you could use it to your benefit. I don't know. But your voice sounds fine. Uh, all right, so let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit. Uh, let's start with Carrie Lake. Uh, I wanted to play some audio for you um, because, listen, she's an election denier, but she got a lot of votes in Arizona from Republicans in the primary. I want to play this audio for you, you being a female conservative, and I want to get your reaction to it. This is Carrie Lake talking about the comparisons between women and men. We know that God did not create us to be equal to men. You know what? We aren't equal to men. Women are different than men. We don't want to be equal to them because we are not the same. All right. As a female conservative, what do you make of those comments, Michelle? Well, I couldn't hear the, the soundbite. Um, oh. But is it, is it the one where she said that um, men and women are different and that she doesn't want to be like a, a she man? She said she doesn't want to be – she didn't say she didn't want to be like a man. She said women are not equals to men. She said that. Uh, God created us differently than men, and we are not equals to men, uh, which I think most people hear that, and you're basically demeaning women, and you're saying, well, m- women are not equal to men. I think women struggle enough when it comes to being treated as equals in this society, and uh, w- just what do you make of that? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm a woman who has done far more than many men um, have ever done. Um, I've won things. I mean, I've won more things than Danny Turkanian's ever won. So, I mean, already I'm better than a man like him, right? Um, I worked in TV news and did more than so many men, and I got paid more than so many men. But I would also agree that men and women aren't equal. They're not the same. We are completely different, and I'm glad that we're different. I don't want to be exactly like a man. I want to be a woman, and I do believe that God created man and woman and that we are different. I, that doesn't mean that women are inferior. In some cases, women are far better. Okay, so I don't think any logical person would disagree with what you're saying, but here's my issue. When she makes the statement, women are not equals to men, that sounds to me like it's demeaning. Now, what you said is, well, we are different, and I agree with you. Women and men yeah. are different. That doesn't mean that's a demeaning statement. I agree with you. But when you say you're not we're not, we don't want to be equals to men. Uh, you know, for many, many years, women weren't allowed to vote. We, we, know, that, uh, we know that women are not paid the same as men uh, as a whole, even though there are plenty of women out there that do make more than men. I understand that. Do you hear where I'm coming from and where a lot of women are coming from that are saying, well, that, that's, not a, that's not a very nice comment to make for somebody that's running for office to say, we're not equal to men. Well, I don't think that's what she was saying because she herself is a journalist just like I was on television in Phoenix. I was here in Las Vegas and New York and many other places all over the country. And so she knows as well as I do that had we been born in the 70s and trying to be on TV in the 70s, we couldn't have been journalists back then. It was only men who got to be the journalists. So I don't think she's in any way saying that we are inferior. I think that's something that people are implying in what she said. I think what she was saying is that men or women are different. We are not equal. We are not the same. And I agree with that 110%. But trust me, I'm infuriated by the fact that for years, women couldn't vote. You know, my kids were watching an episode of um, The Monkees, which is a really old show from like, I think it was from the 60s or something. And it was some Christmas episode where they were showing all the people who worked behind the show. And it was all men. The men were makeup artists. The men were everything. There weren't any women working on the show. And I said, girls, look at that. Back then in the 60s, women couldn't even be doing things like that. Your Mm -hmm. mom was on TV every day for 20 years. 
we have come so far. I want to empower my girls and I want to empower women. And trust me, no one is more angry about the way women are treated in the Republican Party than this chick right here who always seems to lose an election to some bald white dude who is far superior. Hey, easy now. <laughs> but Michelle, far I, superior. again, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. The reason why I don't give Carrie Lake the benefit of the doubt is because of her history. She's an election denier. She says radical, crazy things really on a daily basis, things that are not factually accurate. I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt when they they show themselves to be truthful and honest. Carrie Lake is obviously not one of those people, regardless of whether she was a journalist or not. But uh, I agree with what you said about the struggles that women have had in this country. And that's why when somebody like a Lauren Boebert starts talking about our forefathers, our forefathers wanted this and that. Well, guess what? If we listen to our forefathers, you wouldn't be allowed to vote, you wouldn't be allowed to run for office, and you wouldn't have a say in anything. So I don't like it when Republican women start talking about our forefathers. Why do you feel uh, yeah. about that? Well, I, I love our forefathers, and I love what our forefathers did in building this beautiful constitution and this beautiful democracy that focused on state rights and the rights of people. I believe in that 110%. And what was so beautiful about the constitution and everything that they created was that it was something that could change over time, something that could change with the times, something that could change with history. And that's why women now have the right to vote. That is why things have come so far. And that's the beauty of our constitution and the beauty of what our forefathers intended. They knew that they wanted to create a more perfect union and a more perfect union wasn't just what they wanted right then and there in 1776, but that over the time, over the years to come, things would change. But what's beautiful, but what's beautiful about telling women uh, a gender that they're not allowed to vote? What's beautiful about owning human beings? What's beautiful? If, and if you if you want to talk about the Constitution did not the Constitution itself did not say, you know, women can't vote. It actually says that all men are created equal and that we have inalienable rights. So it was all about equality. What those forefathers did later and what they did with state rights and things that they changed and the way that they suppressed women and the way that they own people. That is something else we can talk about. But when we talk about the Constitution itself, it doesn't say those things i think that if you're open to change and it sounds like you are then why can't we change gun laws in this country i hear everybody in this uh everybody almost everybody on the right talking about oh no you're not going to take my guns away well guess what back then during the forefather years we had muskets now we have a lot of different technology and different weapons but yet people when it comes to some of those other issues you were talking about oh we can make changes there but when it comes to the gun violence in this country oh no let's talk about the constitution let's talk about our forefathers i find that to be a little hypocritical well, the beauty of the Constitution is this, is that we can make an amendment to the Constitution anytime. It just requires a majority of the people to agree with it. And so in the issue of gun control, there's not a majority issue, and that's why things have not changed. People see that that's a very divisive issue among Americans, and I don't believe in any way our Second Amendment rights should be taken away from us, but that doesn't mean that we can't have discussions, in my opinion, about certain types of weapons, etc. I'm always open to discussion mm-hmm. on this issue. See, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a gun person. I don't own a Understood. gun. That's you, I'm, and I respect that. I wish more Republicans yeah. had that view and they were open to discussion. As you know, Michelle, very few are these days that are actually in office, and I think that's an issue. But, you, you know, you did talk about the majority. Let's talk about that, because in South Carolina yesterday, they approved a, a total ban on abortion uh, that includes exceptions for, you know, pregnancies caused by rape or incest. The overwhelming majority of people in this country 
believe in the woman's right to choose. It, not, it doesn't mean that we're jumping for joy on trampolines when somebody gets an abortion. But they believe in the women's right to choose. So if this is the, the majority, then why should these states have the right to be able to change these laws in, in, in the overturning of Roe versus Wade in the Supreme Court? Okay, so let's talk about that. So the House in South Carolina passed the legislation by a vote of 67 to 35 Wednesday morning, which was this morning, roughly after two hours of debate. The Senate has not taken up the bill, and they will not take up the bill until Labor Day. So this is only passed the House, and it is not law at the moment. And if you look at the vote, 67 of the people there voted for it and 35 voted against. So that was a clear majority of representatives in the South Carolina House that voted for this. So it was the majority. No, but you're talking about 100 politicians. When I use the term majority, I'm talking about every citizen in this country, not politicians. If politicians, But it's a state issue now. Understand. So what happened with the overturning? It goes to the states. So the state of South Carolina elects people to be in their House and to be in their Senate, and they are the people who create the laws. I understand that, but when I use the term, you know, uh, what, if we're talking about not politicians, which when I'm, I'm not talking about that now, I'm talking about the, the majority of human beings in this country do not believe that a woman should be forced to have a child. They should have the right to choose. Now, yes, we can talk about state representative and elected officials. I could guarantee you that every single one of those people in that state are Republicans that voted for this bill to go forward. Now, the overwhelming, even Republicans, over 70% of people in this country believe in a woman's right to choose. Doesn't mean late-term abortion, which is very rare in this country anyway. Uh, We're not talking about late-term abortion. We're talking about legal abortions within the first four or five months. So I think when we talk about the majority, you're right, when it comes to the politicians, in that state, which I think are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But the people elected them. So you're now well, you're saying that the people, the people who elected them didn't want them to vote that way. And you don't know that because it's South Carolina and you're not a South Carolinian and neither am I. I'm not. I mean, so, I mean, you could say the people voted for Donald Trump as well. I didn't vote for Donald Trump. I'd never vote for that SOB. He's a despicable person. But I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, if, if people are voted into office, uh, I believe when it comes to these types of issues, I think they have way too much power. And the, 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 so. So the states that have restrictions on abortion, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Mm -hmm. Louisiana, Missouri, Mississippi, Mm -hmm. Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, South Dakota, and Idaho, the people elected those people, and the people continue to elect those people, and that's why those laws are on the books. For example, here in the state of Nevada, where even conservatives overwhelmingly support having abortion to be free and legal in this state, it's codified in our Constitution. That's because that's what the majority of the people here believe, and the legislature has has done so. Well, I personally believe that this issue, among other issues, but this issue is going to hurt Republicans a lot over the next couple of years. That's just my personal opinion. I think when it comes to some of these Republicans that are running these states, I think there are, I've talked to many of them, conservative Republicans, that uh, believe that even though they wouldn't have an abortion, they believe in a woman's right to choose. So I guess we'll have to we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Uh, obviously, we disagree on that issue, and, and that's fine. I respect I would never tell you what to do with your body. I just don't think anybody should tell somebody else what to do with their body. But that's cool. Let's talk a little bit about Joe Biden, because as you know, Michelle, uh, Joe Biden has been in the news the last couple of days. That's for sure. Um, he was calling out, quote, MAGA Republicans. So I want to play this audio for you. This was yesterday speaking in front of a crowd uh, going after, like I said, what's called MAGA Republicans. Listen to this and then we'll discuss. It's never appropriate. Never. Period. Never, never, never. No one should be encouraged to use political violence. None whatsoever. And look, 
You know, if we're in a situation where, to this day, the MAGA Republicans in Congress defend the mob that stormed the Capitol on January 6th, defend them. So let me say this to my MAGA Republican friends in Congress. Don't tell me you support law enforcement if you won't condemn what happened on the 6th. Don't tell me. All right, Michelle, what's your response to that? But um, I do know what he said, and um, I'm very confused by a lot of the things that he said there. You know, if you, if you use this quote that I, I believe he started with, he's like, oh, I like conservative Republicans. Right. I just like MAGA Republicans. Right. But I want to know what the difference is. So okay, so let me try say- to explain that, uh, Michelle. Let's have a, it's a good question. So, so let me – and I've heard other Republicans ask that. It's simple to me anyway. MAGA Republicans are election deniers, those that still claim that Donald Trump won the 2020 election, the Kerry Lakes of the world, who uh, continue to defend the January 6th rioters, and there are some out there that call it a tourist visit, that don't think anything they did anything wrong. In fact, they call these people patriots on January 6th, the election-denying MAGA Republicans. Those are the type of people that Joe Biden's talking about. We can disagree on policy, but he's specifically talking about those MAGA Republicans that are going after the FBI, those MAGA Republicans that are election deniers. Those are the people that he's talking about. Okay, and that's that's his opinion, which is, you know, the great unifier that he claimed that he was going to be. He can go ahead and say that about people if he wants to. But he also called us semi-fascists, and I don't know if you used that part of the, the quote either. But, you know, the thing about me that kills me about that is I don't think he knows what fascism is. I don't think he knows what the word fascist means, and I don't think he's ever met a fascist. Because no Republican I know, uh, a conservative Republican or a MAGA Republican or whatever you want to call it, is a freaking fascist. A fascist is someone one who puts uh, the nation and race above individual rights. It's someone who wants an autocratic dictator who rules with severity and totalitarian rule. It's someone who wants the suppression of all opposition. It's someone who wants severe economic control through the government and not a capitalist, a laissez-faire society. When we look at who fascists are, that's freaking Mussolini. That's who Hitler was. There is not a freaking Republican anywhere MAGA or otherwise, who was a fascist. All right, well, let me ask you a question then. When Ron DeSantis passed uh, the bill, and I know some people call it the Don't Say Gay bill, I know you don't like that, but when he passed this bill, and then Disney, being a private company, had a right to disagree with the bill, and the president of Disney made a statement saying he disagreed with it, and then the next day, Ron DeSantis decides to put this, this harsher tax on Disney, isn't that what a dictator would do? Isn't that the exact definition of a dictator? Isn't a dictator someone who would come in and say you can't go to church and you can't have your business open? No, Isn't because that's dictator- for medical. No, 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 no that's, it's that's 100% medical purposes. The same. No, it's not. Dicta- not no, at all. it's 100% the same. It is 100%. What? All right, let me get this right. The you're true say- dictators are the Democrats. The okay, true dictators I think that's are the insane. ones who are. So you're, tell- no, you're, you're telling me that it is the same thing when we are in a pandemic losing four to 5,000 people a day. 100%. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me just ask. Four, losing four to 5,000 people a day when we know it wasn't safe to have groups more than five people in one place, whether it's a church or a mall or anything, you're saying that's the same thing when people that are infectious disease doctors are telling politicians this is not safe. You're telling me that's the same thing as Ron DeSantis with this don't say gay bill and then Disney coming out saying they just don't agree with it and then taxing them and putting that onto policy. You're comparing those two things. Listen, listen to me clearly. Both 
are wrong because both is the government overextending its authority in a democratic republic where freedom by the people reigns and rules. That's what a democracy is. And we are a democratic republic. Both are wrong. Okay, so let me ask. So so if it's about freedom, then then why can't you smoke while eating uh, uh, in a restaurant? Why can't you have the freedom to smoke then? You probably should be able to, even though I don't like, see, this is where people get really like, oh, well, now you're infringing on my rights, so I don't want you to smoke, and I don't want to smoke that cigarette, I don't want it, I don't want it. Because people die, you get secondhand smoke, you can kill yourself, but don't kill other people. There is, so here's the thing, in a constitutional democratic republic, you still, the constitution is what gives us law and order, so we're not anarchists, we don't want complete and total anarchy where everybody can just do whatever the fudge they want, no, 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 no. We want law and order, but it's government by the people for the people. And what we saw in the time of COVID was that the government was saying, I know better than you and I'm taking away your rights. And that's not true. probably shouldn't have gone after Disney for just being pissed about his bill and his bill. There was nothing wrong with this bill. It was everyone over-exaggerating because, quite honestly, you and I both agree, kindergartners should not be talking about sex in any that's way, not, form but that's not in the, the entire. That's not the entire bill, and you know that. We have talked about this in studio, and in that bill, if a, if a child raises their hand and say, what does it mean to be gay? A teacher can't even respond to it. A teacher can't even... I shouldn't. I, I disagree with you. If somebody, if somebody, uh, if a child has a legitimate question, you answer it in a responsible way. For example, no, your mom and dad should answer that question for you. If Greer or Reagan has a question about what it means to be gay, I should be answering that question, not not the okay. teacher. Well, I disagree with you that, but but even though I disagree, but I'm a parent and you aren't. Okay, but so I do get to trump you on that. Okay, but well. Even though you're a parent and I'm not, it doesn't mean that I'm wrong when it comes to kids. I disagree with that assessment. Uh, I respect the fact that you're a mom, but that doesn't mean you're going to be right about everything when it comes to kids, and I'm going to be wrong. And I 100% disagree. tell me how someone who doesn't have children and has never been a parent, how they're going to know more than a parent. No, I'm not saying there's not a bunch of crappy parents Sure, sure, there, I'll tell you why. Sure, I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll tell you why. There are a lot of idiot parents in this country that refuse to put masks on their kids. They agreed with Tucker Carlson that it was child abuse, and they listened to the right-wing morons out there there are kids out there are parents out there that indoctrinate their kids uh, every single day and i'm not talking about indoctrinate when it comes to sexual stuff i'm talking about political stuff i'm talking about anti-gay stuff we see it all the time i've interviewed idiot parents out there that teach their kids at all being gay it's such a sin and it's horrible and you're going to hell if you're gay so you're damn right michelle there's a lot of parents out there that are horrible parents and i can tell you just because i'm not a parent doesn't mean i'm wrong why do you listen? I was someone who was raised by an abusive parent and it was completely no contact with the parent. The entire family is no contact with this parent, mm-hmm. all the sibling, everybody. So I know what it's like to be raised in a very, very abusive home. So I know that parents out there suck. Here's the difference. You don't have any right to tell a parent what they can do. If they're breaking the law, if they're being abusive, if they've crossed a legal line, then you do. But teaching them ethics and morality is completely up to the parent and not the school. The government should not be involved in that whatsoever. So, Euro, I just want to go back to this because I'm mesmerized by this. When we were losing four to 5,000 people a day from COVID in this country, and it was everywhere in society, and our ICU beds were filled to capacity, you're telling me at that time you have absolutely no problem with 1,000 people jammed into a church. Is that what no, you're telling no, me? Nope. No okay, problem well, I with think, it at all. Well, I think that's insane. It's, I'm going to be honest personal, with you. 
It's a personal choice. And you didn't have to go to a church. No one was forcing it's you to not go to just church. about and them. No one, it's not it's, me, it's not no, just about them. It no, it's not. You, be, no, it's not no. because based on the virus, if you spread the virus, it spreads to other people. It's not just about them. I would agree with you. If those thousand people that were in that church are the only people that could die and they were only hurting their he- themselves, Michelle, I'm with you 150%. But you know as well as I, that's not how this virus worked. And when you spread no. the virus and you give it to other people, it kills other people. And irresponsibility kills so other people. Drunk drive, so does a lot of things this kill is, other people. That is, does not mean that you could tell people they couldn't go to church. That was true fascism right there for all of us to see. Oppressing information. It's saving lives. How is saving speech. lives fascism? It's all fascism. It's all fascism. So it where do you draw the line? Democrats, where do you draw the line? Then. Republicans. 40, the people who are the fascists are the Democrats, so where not do you, the Republicans. So, well, I think that's ridiculous, but wh- how, where do you draw the line then? 80,000 people at the Raiders Stadium, that's okay with you too when we're losing 5,000 people a day? Or only church yeah, because, because it's if religion? You, if, if you are afraid of COVID, and I know you were very upset about getting COVID, you had a terrible I experience. wasn't. It's not even about being upset. I almost died. I know people that have died. We've lost so a million people. you had pe- a choice. You had a choice, and you could choose to stay in or you could choose to go out. And we should give people the choice to live their life because we do not live in a dictatorship. We do not live in an autocratic government. We live in a constitutional republic that is ruled by democracy. So so, when, so, I'll ask you this in a different way then. When we were losing 5,000 people a day, did you would you have put down any mitigating factors at all during a global pandemic or it would have been life is normal, no rules at all? In the beginning of the pandemic, in March, when we did not have any mask rules or anything like that, I did keep my kids home. I didn't do much. I made that personal choice. I made that personal choice. After about April, about Easter, I was over it, and I was fine with doing anything that I wanted to, but the government would not allow me to. Because it got worse after Easter. That's why. We were losing more it than... It really didn't. It really didn't. The numbers, the the numbers the say otherwise. We're in the month of March. We started to learn more. We started to get... And it was getting better each and every time, but the shutdowns were completely immoral and a completely fascist dictator thing to do well i, I disagree with you a hundred percent i think that it's the we opposite can. that's fine I, I think it's the opposite of immoral when you put but policies in place to save lives mean that you're right and i'm wrong well the numbers the numbers the numbers speak for themselves we know no, how many no, 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 the no. numbers speak for themselves it's not about the numbers uh, to me it is it's about life and death to me it is or whether you don't believe in freedom uh, well and that's where the difference well is. there might be people like you that believed in freedom but sadly a lot of those people are now six feet underneath the ground sadly so i mean listen i don't want that to happen to anybody i don't wish death upon anybody but a lot of the i'm just being honest with you michelle you know i love you but a lot of the conservative talk show hosts that were spewing the same things that you're spewing about covid are now dead so they have freedom but they're dead they're six feet underneath the ground i don't want that to happen to anybody i think it's the opposite of a dictatorship i think it's the opposite of what you're saying it's about saving lives no democrat woke up one morning and said hey i know what i want to do this is how i could remain in power i'm going to shut businesses down and i'm going to tell people they can't go to synagogue or church no it's the opposite of that i'll tell you what democrat will do. Democrats like the Democrats in New York will make stupid laws about whippets because there's been 56 deaths for whippets in the past 20 years and won't do one darn thing about freaking fentanyl. So that's where we got this nanny state of Democrats who are true fascists who want to have total government control and want to control every aspect of your human life and have an ID for freaking whipped cream. So you don't want, so you're not for government control then. Is that fair to say? I am for limited government. But but you want the government to tell every woman what to do with her body, though. No, I want it to be states' rights because that's the Democrat. So you're okay with states telling uh, people what to do with their body? 
I think the states should have more control. So yes. the states because could have control. I am a true so, Okay, so here's a question for you. During COVID, did the states not have control? No, they didn't. The federal government was trumping What are you it. talking then, about? It was state control. Every state had different laws. What are you talking about? It was state control and government, government control. It, Governor. The federal government, Donald Trump, Donald Trump was wrong here. He's the one who issued the darn shutdown. What are you talking about? Governor S- Okay. Governor says that all the states kind of did it, but then other no, states did different No, not rules. all the states kind of did it. All the no, states did South do Dakota it. What are you talking about? Really, South Dakota never did a shutdown. South it was, Dakota never did I a shutdown. I understand. I didn't say what states didn't do the shutdown. You just said you're okay with state to state. And what I'm trying to tell you is that Trump yes, did I not do angry. it. I was angry at stupid states like California okay. and Nevada. So now it's that stupid states. What was right. All right. And you just said you're. Like I understand, but you just said Florida. you just said it's okay to do state by state. And then when it I is. say, and then when I say that's what they did with COVID, then you don't. Then you're not okay with it. There was a confusion with federal because the federal government, which was Donald Trump and Fauci, they were the ones who were issuing all. No, they the weren't. Rules. The states, the, the states were no, making their decisions were. on the rules. I was on the phone calls. I was on the phone. What? Calls. What are you talking about? I was on the federal. What phone national? Calls. What national? What national mandate when it came to COVID was Donald Trump or Anthony? By the way, Anthony Fauci is not a policymaker. What? What national mandate did Donald Trump put forward Donald when it came Trump to COVID? Donald Trump is the one who started the shutdown. No, he did. And then each state followed through. It all happened on March fifteenth. The it states are the Donald Trump the did not pass one state mandate. Shut down, and then every single state started shutting down. Okay, so Donald every single state Donald Trump might have all looking to national guidance. Everyone was looking to the national government, the federal government for their guidance. Okay, so all I'm saying, Michelle, is that Donald Trump may have had his opinions on what should have been shut down, but so Donald he, Trump had no hold on. Donald Trump had no legal say on the states shut. Okay, well then tell me, what, what implementation did he put in Nevada? What did he pass? It was on, on March 15th, yeah. he's the one who said everything shuts down. That's remember, not implementing law. That's his opinion. And everybody followed it. And everybody said that's, we have to that's do not, the federal government That's decided. not implementing law. That was a statement he made, an opinion. It was the states you know that what? decided. Let's, let me stop you right there. We never had a law here in the state of Nevada. Freaking Sisolak uh, acted under executive order, under emergency order. The right. That was his decision to do that. Months. Right. That was. And that was not Democratic either. Okay. Okay. You can he say never, it. He never called a special session. Okay. You he can never say that. People be heard. I, he shut down the state legislature. I, he never allowed another voice. I understand you disagree with what Sisolak's policies were put in place, but the, but the only point I was trying to make is that was not Donald Trump. You're making my point for me. It was a state-by-state state case. The point I'm trying to say— And boy, even though I disagree with what our state did, I agree with state rights. Okay, but you, that's what I'm trying to tell you. State-by-state, uh, state, that's what they did when it came to COVID. And yes, I'm just, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. Okay, well, it sounded like you were, but that's all good. No, all right. I'm saying, I'm saying that states' rights— Trump everything, even if I don't like it. And I don't like what Sisolak did. I don't like okay, the Well, you have the right you have the right to not like it and, and Correct. you're certainly but entitled you to your opinion. The power to the states, yeah. the people get to decide. And that is how it should be handled. Okay. Well, hey, you're entitled to your opinion. It's always a good debate. Michelle Mortensen, always appreciate when you come on. It's always a lively conversation as always. And uh, look forward to having you in the studio next week and I hope you feel better, okay? Thanks. Thanks, Michelle. Appreciate that. Hope I didn't make her feel worse, by the way. No, I don't think I did. We hope she gets better and appreciate her coming on. Coming up next, the former Cowboy Commissioner himself. Oh, I know he's going to have some opinions on this. There's no question about that. He's waiting for us, so he's going to be joining us next. Really look forward to talking to Tom Collins. We'll be back right after this. 
All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Wednesday. So glad you could join us. That was a very lively debate with Michelle Mortensen. I do appreciate her coming on. All right, the guy we have with us in studio right now, it's crazy. You know, I've been doing radio in this town for 20 years. I've never met this guy in person. He's known as the Cowboy Commissioner. That's right. He's the former uh, Clark County Commissioner. His story is pretty uh, pretty incredible, by the way. Uh, raised in Las Vegas, he used to ride a horse to school as a boy. That's, that's some cool stuff, man. Uh, happy to have Tom Collins with us in studio right now. Tom, appreciate you being here. Uh, get up, get right in front of that microphone. Yeah, don't be shy. How's it going? Thanks for being here. I'm fine, and I know where this place is. I don't know why you're stuck in the corner. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. So, so okay, don't take this the wrong way. But I, I'm profiling here. When I see a guy show up in a cowboy hat, I assume they're a Republican. That's wrong of me to assume that, right? I'm sorry. I'm just being honest, Tom. I'm, a, I'm laughing. <laughs> No, but, you know, when I see somebody in a cowboy hat, usually I say to myself, must be a staunch Republican. And you're not. I would imagine you've gotten that your whole life, right? Um, I have rarely been called a, I've, I've rarely been called a Republican. Yeah. Do I guess stay pretty close? <laughs> stay, yeah, don't be afraid of the microphone. Don't worry. It won't hurt you. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's been vaccinated, right? It has, yes. Okay. <laughs> I... Um, because you look like a guy that would be in the show Dallas, I'm a, right? I, I'm a, only with, yeah, I'd take that guy's place. It was all them girls. Um, the, uh, you know, I, I get around a lot of rural communities right. in the in the states, not just in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, and people look at me as a moderate Democrat. I'd be a Democrat from uh, more active and, and recognized in the You've called yourself 60s. a union, a union Democrat, right? You've used that terminology before. I've been a union yeah. guy all my life. Right, yeah. right. So you started, you were elected to the North Las Vegas City Council, right? That's how you started? No, your... I was on the planning commission. Oh, you were on the planning commission. Okay. Who, who does your notes? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I have a horrible producer, I guess. It's called, my, <laughs> my producer's Brian Shapiro. I was uh, say, don't yeah, blame me, yeah. buddy. You captured over 60% of the vote, right? Uh, in uh, This was uh, in the legislature, right? Which is pretty darn good. And then in 2004, you began your first term as the county commissioner. I'm just curious. You're a successful businessman, right? You've had a good life. What made you decide to get into politics to begin with? I know you're not in politics now, but what what made you decide to do that? Two simple reasons. I was an abused child, and I started losing too many fights. Uh, seriously? Yeah. That that was one of the main reasons. I, Look at these hands. <laughs> you're a big guy. No, I mean, I, I, I read a, a little bit about you and how you took a, you rode a horse named Dodger Red. Do I got that right? Yeah, that, uh, my first horse was named Red, Red Man, we mm-hmm. called him. And he was out of the mines in Ely, and he was a bulldog and yeah. horse. I think that's awesome. Not many kids say, hey, you know what? I walked to school, but I didn't take a horse to school. Where do you? How do you park a horse? Like, what do you do when you take a horse to school back then? Tie him to the chin-up bars. This is what, the 60s? Is that right? Uh, about 63 or 4. And you just tie the horse there? And... Like not every day. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> special days. What would happen if a millennial did that today? <laughs> Uh, but that that's not allowed, right? You wouldn't be able to do that, right, today? Like, what if a high school kid, Tom, 16, 17 years old, is living on a ranch in Vegas? You know, you live on, what, a 40-acre property, right? No, I sold that. Oh, I, got, I didn't know that. Okay. That was out in Logandale. You sold that. Okay. What would happen if a 17-year-old wanted to bring a horse and take a horse to high school as transportation? 
Um, <laughs> access is an issue. See, back back then, yeah. when I tied this horse up at Gibson, there was desert between my house and yeah. Gibson Junior yeah. High. It, there's no way now. Yeah. I think that's so cool that you did that, though. Yeah. You know, do you think I'm wrong in saying that, you know, fair enough as you when you were a politician you had a little bit of controversy but i feel like today you're like the cleanest guy in the world compared to what we have in politics today you're like nothing you've said a couple controversial things and we'll get to that but you know what i'm talking about just the MAGA republicans and and the the state of politics today the insults you'd be like the clean guy on the block right <laughs> uh sort of but but now there's something you got to clarify yes especially if you're going to continue doing interviews sure there's a Shit truck full of, can I not say that? Don't say that word, though. But that, okay. Crap, crap. Yeah, you can there's say a, crap. <laughs> there's a, a, a sewage truck yeah. full of politicians. Yes. There's only a few elected officials. I've always regarded myself as an elected official. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I understand that. What do you make of politics today? Uh, we're very divided, as you know, Tom. We're divided racially. Uh, we're divided politically. Do you, do you, who do you blame for that, and why are we so divided now? The divisions are, and I watched it through the legislature. Yeah, we used to work together. We would have a lot of unanimous votes. Um, it started getting divided around the time the mean six, mean fifteen got together. Yeah, um, two thousand three, um, and all of a sudden this partisan things, they they got their party. It's like they left religion and started believing in their party. And 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 they they get so afraid and so polarized, and the whole country that you know there's red and blue, yeah. there ain't there ain't much orange, right. you know. Um, it's it's stupidity because people are giving up opportunity, especially electeds, mm-hmm. are giving up opportunities to serve everybody. When I was in the legislature, I was in, elected in Assembly District One. Right. I didn't have any boundaries. I went anywhere in the state I could go to help. Mm-hmm. In the county commission, I had no boundaries. I would have sometimes, rarely, but once in a while, another commissioner say, that's my district. I says, then you do your job, and I won't have to. Do you, do you agree with me, Tom, that the two worst words in this country are Republican and Democrat because too many people make decisions based on what party they're in rather than what's best for the country? I don't think as many are as hard-lined that, that they're – voting one ticket or the other and obviously you see that in nevada when the biggest yeah. uh voter group is non-partisan let's talk about nevada um the ones that are winning primaries on the right let's start there the adam laxalts of the world the jim marchants of the world yes i i laugh at them as well but this is serious because they could win right and these are election deniers right uh, it was Adam Laxalt last week who said the uh, FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago was, uh, I, I'm trying to remember the exact verbiage that he used, but he said it was one of the biggest crimes of, of the century. I think that's what he said. These are people that are winning elections uh, on the right in this state. What do you make of this? Uh, Adam Laxalt's got a lot of money, so he's going to spill what he wants to spill. Now, I've been to that barbecue up there once four years ago. The Basque Fry. It is yeah. awesome. Do you know what they were doing, though, up there, Tom? Uh, and, and Adam Laxalt's grandfather, right, started this thing, right? They were selling Nazi shirts with Biden's picture on it with the Hitler mustache. And I say to myself, what type of cl- – and by the way, if people were doing that with Trump, I would say the exact same thing, even though I'm not a Trump supporter. I just think it's despicable. You've got Ted Cruz out there. You've got all these election deniers out there. Ted Cruz is like their superstar. I believe – and you'll probably agree with me – this event has changed a lot over the years. Yeah. 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 Um, 
you gotta you gotta have thick skin to be in the public in the first place. Second place is you can ignore stupid. Yeah. You know, you like your previous conversation. You got you gotta ignore stupid. Um, I can't though. I'm a radio host. I I can't. <laughs> but, but you know, look at the good. I mean. Um, John Marvel held out until we were violating the state constitution. He switched to yeah, vote right. to pass Kenny Gwynn tax after the Supreme Court started out. Right. And so there's times in, in that year also in 2003, four Republicans were kicked out of the caucus because they were not far enough right. Yeah. And, and nowadays it seems worse because these people are getting money from whoever – and, and able to go out there and push agendas that are not good for everybody. They're, they're good for their their folks. Do you agree with me that even a guy like an Adam Laxalt, I don't think Jim Marchant is the brightest bulb in the world, but even a guy like Adam Laxalt, who I don't think is a stupid guy, he knows that Trump didn't win in 2020, right? But he spews the nonsense because he knows it revs up the base and it's how he gets votes, right? It's kind of like kids and Santa Claus, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, to an extent. Only I don't think Santa Claus is hurting anybody. Uh, but I agree with you. But well, isn't, what did you think about January 6th? Like when you watch that in real time, as someone who's been involved in politics for a good portion of your life, you know, what did you make of that day? It was really sad for the country. It was upsetting to watch people be so hateful mm-hmm. that but that hate come from growing up their whole life. They didn't just turn bad. Those people have got bad roots and bad genes yeah, yeah. or genes that need corrected. So I agree with you. They were probably raised the wrong way, and they had that hate inside. But do you also agree with me that I believe Trump, with the incitement of saying he won the election in a landslide and Joe Biden cheated, January 6th doesn't happen if not for Donald Trump? I agree with that. Yeah. Do you think he should be held accountable? Damn right. Yeah. What, what did you make of the uh, January 6th hearings? Uh, the... What I've watched has been very interesting and very eye-opening. Unfortunately, only half the country's watching. You know, if if the which isn't bad though, but I hear what you're saying. Democrats, yeah. for the most part, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just mo- folks that want justice or hate Trump are watching it. Yeah, but the deniers in that group are they think it's all a you know tourist visit right some of them called it a tourist visit which is incredibly awful because 140 officers were injured that day and people died it's funny because i hear some of these republicans on the right say uh oh it's a sham these january 6 hearings are a sham and then they're asked have you watched it no how do you know it's a sham if you haven't watched it it's just just hypocrisy at its finest what do you make of this mar-a-lago raid uh what what did you think about that did you think uh the fbi uh, did their due diligence and you think donald trump's going to be indicted uh what, what do you make of this whole thing um, I think he's in a lot of trouble, whether or not they go farther than Mueller and, and, and you know, the things they yeah. did with Hillary and Donald four years ago or so. Um, they keep providing more information, it seems like the feds, providing more information to show that although Trump says he was cooperative, his, him and his lawyers were not cooperative. And they could have lied. His lawyers could have possibly lied, right? Because we're learning that his lawyers told the FBI that, oh, yeah, we returned everything. So is it possible maybe that even the lawyers could be held to account here? Well, they're going to be following Giuliani. You th- yeah, Giuliani's in a lot of trouble. Yeah. You ever met Rudy Giuliani? I've seen him at a distance, you know, talking. Yeah. Donald Trump, you ever interacted um, with him? Ever? No. 
I'm, I'm sorry, you being the former county commissioner, I thought... I, I've seen him when he'd come to town. Him and uh, Ruffin are good buddies over Oh, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've had... And by the way, if you're just joining us, we were speaking of the uh, to Tom Collins. He is the former cowboy commissioner, as, uh, as he's been called. So... You know Governor Sisolak fairly well, fair to say? Too well, sorry. You know him very well. And you know Joe Lombardo? Yes. Okay, let's talk about these two. What do you? Who will you be voting for? Will you share that with us? Like, who would you support for governor? I will give you some reasons, not, not necessarily yeah. how I'm going to vote so much, but my, here's my opinions. Number one, if this election was on integrity, yeah. Joe Lombardo would be 20 points up. What do you mean? Oh, so you're saying Sislak is not a man of integrity. Is that That's basically what you're saying. I'm saying he's much less than Joe Lombardo. Really? Joe Lombardo's been in law enforcement for 30-plus years. Yeah. He knows what's right and wrong, what the rules are, and he's been paid and trained to follow them and enforce them. But I'm a little surprised to hear you say that, a little, because you're a Democrat. And, and, and so, so when you say Sisolak has very little integrity, what are some of your biggest issues with Sisolak over the years that would make you say something like that? Well, calling 700 firefighters frauds mm-hmm. um, at a county commission meeting be one good point. Yeah. Uh, there's many of them. Um, people would come in front of the county commission for approval after they'd gone through the process for months doing all this stuff, and he'd be over there on the end and say, um, he'd go to Rory, the chairman, who was going to run for governor, and he'd say, Mr. Chairman, I want you to hold this. I haven't even met, and he'd choose the guy out, the applicant. He'd choose him out. Yeah. I haven't even met you. You've not been to my office. I don't know what you're doing, blah, 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 and holds it up till he gets him upstairs and talks about it. I won't say. Um, at this point, we don't have to talk about his arm twisting, but sooner or later we should. Um, and my cousin worked for a telemarketing company a long time ago mm-hmm. that Sislak owned, mm-hmm. and he almost got buried before he got out of that telemarketing company many, many years ago here in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, he hates unions when I brought up the firefighters. He, he did hate unions. Why? Why do you think he hates unions? To show he was a business-friendly elected. Mm-hmm to get business money, get that money. Yeah. What he learned, I think, mostly from Harry Reid over the last, well, prior to his election, he learned from Harry, you're not going to win the governorship without labor. Right. And Harry's always been a strong labor guy, um, and Harry knew that, learned that growing up, and also yeah. the association with Michael Callahan. So I understand what you're saying, and, and I'm not saying the stuff you're bringing up isn't valid that's not what i'm saying at all but as someone like me who's an independent right you tell me where you think i'm wrong here as an independent i lean to the left on a lot of socialists there's no question i agree with governor sislock on a lot of policies i think he handled COVID about as well as he could i think he made some mistakes i didn't like it when he shut down the bars for that second time but allowed casinos to be open i i asked him about that when he came on this show there he's made mistakes no question he's not perfect i like his stance on gun control i like his stance on abortion a lot of the social issues I, like, I, I tend to agree with him on. Uh, the things about Joe Lombardo that I don't like, 
I appreciate the fact that he's been in law enforcement 30 years. I think that's a great quality to have. I don't think he's held his police officers accountable when it's come to very important shootings, officer-involved shootings that I covered as a reporter. Uh, I didn't necessarily like uh, the fourth, uh, the lack of being forthcoming when it came to October 1. Uh, I didn't like the fact when he first announced he was running for governor, he was not willing to admit that Donald Trump lost the 2020 election. And then when he realized that, oh, this is too much of an extreme, I'm not going to get the independent vote, then he flip-flopped on that. I don't trust him. Uh, I don't like the fact that he doesn't like the Las Vegas sun, so he wants to take down the sun when he becomes governor. We learned about that. Um, There are positives and negatives to every candidate, right? There's no question about that. I think we need better candidates. I think on the right and the left, we need better candidates. I don't think Sisolak is perfect by any means, but that's I, I'm going to vote for Steve Sisolak because I like some of his policies, and I thought he handled COVID correctly. If we had it Joe Lombardo's way, I'm not sure he would have had any mitigating factors at all. He probably wouldn't have shut down the strip. Uh, I don't like his stance on gun control. He really doesn't want to do anything when it comes to guns. Uh, police officers never seem to be at fault, never holds any of his own accountable, while the overwhelming majority of cops are heroes, and I am pro-police. I'm also pro-Black Lives Matter. There is no question that Joe Lombardo is not pro-Black Lives Matter. He takes every opportunity to go after the Black Lives Matter movement, not understanding that there is systemic racism. So I know I went on a little bit of rant there, Tom, but that's um, my feelings on Lombardo and Sislak. What are your thoughts on that? Well, different viewpoint, obviously. Um, Sislak has brought people around him and his administration in the governor's office Mm -hmm. that were political savvy to set up for the re-election. I mean, day one. But you talk about flip-flop. There's a difference between a flip-flop or moving as you gain information. Right. Yep. And so the Republicans across the country in general have had the wrong message on abortion. It's very simple to say that I believe a woman deserves the freedom to choose, but I'm not pro-abortion. That's a simple, you don't have to be in favor of abortion. You just need to say that you're not against the laws of the land or the laws of Nevada, right, which are right. constitution, blah, blah, blah. So you agree with that stance, right? That you agree the woman should have the right to choose, not yeah. that we're celebrating abortion. So Correct. you agree with me on that. Yeah. 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 Now, um, I told you about labor. You mm-hmm. know, Sisolak sure. busted, tried to bust SEIU. He tried to bust employees at the county. He worked and worked and worked to take away their longevity. But when that son of a gun had the chance to vote to get rid of his own, he did not vote to get rid of his own. Mm-hmm. He's a hypocrite on money basis. Right. Now, I'm going to pause here real quick. If you had Joe... Lombardo's ego and Steve Sisolak ego in this room, <laughs> there wouldn't be room for nothing else. I tend to agree with you on that. Okay, they both have egos. There's no question. And so, yep. so Sisolak could have done way better with the schools and mm-hmm. the closures, but when he kept businesses, like you say, your bar, when he kept business called non-essential businesses yeah. closed. It's because they never give him no goddamn money. Yeah, he made a mistake there. Uh, the first time he shut down the bars, I didn't have a problem with it. You know why? Because he shut down the casinos too. The second time I had a problem because you can't say these bars can't be open and then open up these casinos. I don't care what rules you have at the craps table. You can't tell me that that's fair. So I agree with you there. I think there were some inconsistencies. I also think that there were states that handled it much worse than Governor Sisolak did. And I think... Uh, 
he did an average job. I think it could have been maybe better, could have been worse. I think shutting down the strip was a very difficult thing to do, and he did that. And I think it was the right decision. It probably should have been done a little bit earlier. Uh, obviously, he's not getting any votes for doing that, but I think he, he did make the right decision there. Uh, but you're right. Listen, I don't know, Tom, all the intricacies about this man that you do. And I respect your opinion on that. I'll be the first one to admit I don't know that. I look at the broad topics. The broad topics. Do I think Joe Lombardo would be a horrible governor? Probably not. There are horrible governors out there that I would never want here. Governor DeSantis is certainly one of them. I would never want to live in a state because that guy's a dictator as far as I'm concerned. Jim Gibbons a few years ago. Ugh, terrible. What do you think of Sandoval, by the way? Moderate Republican, right? Good friends. Yeah. We, we sat together in the legislature. Mm-hmm. And then he's AG. We were friends for, still friends. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you got, I, I'm, I'm not going to ask if you got a gun because I don't want you to say yes or no, okay? okay? Okay. Just keep that to yourself. Always keep that to yourselves. But what I want to say is Clark County got Snipler money, millions and millions of dollars to build a shooting complex mm-hmm. at the very end of North Decatur. And a lot of that money came through Harry Reid and, and help with things like that. Mm-hmm. Sislek was opposed to that thing and opposed to that thing, and we had meetings showing him the curve of when it would start making money and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, when it comes out that his good friend Sig was partners with the guys at the Boulder City Gun Club, yeah. Pro Club, mm-hmm. that he was conflicting the county over his friends who supported him versus thinking about the people of Clark County. You're, you're a Democrat, but yet you're a pro-gun guy. You, yeah. You're not afraid to talk about that. So let me ask you some questions about gun control. We have more gun violence in this country than any other country in the world. I appreciate your passion for guns, and I think everybody should have a right to defend themselves. But I would imagine as passionate as you are about guns, Tom, you're probably just as passionate, at least I would hope, about ending gun violence. So what do you think we should do about it? Well... <laughs> When people come trying to bash in my door, I shoot them. Well, I understand, and that, but but uh, uh, yeah. uh, let me be more yeah to your to your point yeah. Um, you get trained to drive a car. You get trained to to even ride a horse, right, or a bicycle. Why not a gun? Okay, mm-hmm. then there should be some qualifications for a gun, and there is mm-hmm. for a concealed weapon in the places where they have them. Okay. I agree with you. I talk about that all the time, Tom. 150% I agree with you. You have to re-register your car. You have to learn how to drive a car. Uh, you have They have to make sure your eyesight's good enough and your health is good enough. But yet an 18-year-old can walk into a gun store today and no... No training at all. Can buy a bunch of AR-15s and 6,000 rounds of ammunition. Zero training with that gun. That's a problem, is it not? That's a problem in this country. It can be. It has been. Well... Yeah. There's a whole lot more people, a third of the people killed by gun violence are suicide to begin with. And let's talk about cops for a minute. Okay. Back to that. If you're a cop and you pull a gun on me and tell me to stop what I'm doing, put my hands up, tell me one person ever put their hands up that got shot. I talked about this in the first segment. And we're talking about complying with law enforcement. And there's no question that the overwhelming majority, no matter what the color of your skin is, the overwhelming majority, not all, but the overwhelming majority of officer-involved shootings happen because of noncompliance. Correct. Doesn't mean it's always justified. 
But I am with you 100%. But what I am talking about is an 18-year-old. I know. You know, walking into a gun store, I have a problem with that. When I get a handgun, mm-hmm. I have to go through a um, three-day check or a federal check or right. whatever. And yep. NCIC up in Carson City runs it, and so does the FBI. These kids shouldn't get those kind of weapons without some kind of training. Here's the problem with that. And, and, and it's why the gun – first of all, gun sales have been through the roof for the last um, 15 years. Ever since. We have a gun fetish in this country, and I'm not saying people don't have a right to defend themselves. But why, why Tom, do we need AR-15s in society? Why? Well, you can take an AR-15 or 17, either one, take them apart, down to the trigger and the base uh, barrel and, and, and the mechanics in there putting lever or bolt to load the shells. You can strip it down basic, and you put wood back on them, make them look just like a deer rifle. I get that. They're identical weapons. Let me rephrase it in a different way, then. The types of guns that were used in Uvalde, the types of guns that were used in Las Vegas, the types of guns that were used back in Columbine, they always seem to be the same types of weapons. Why do we need those types of weapons to be sold to the public? Why can't they just be given to our brave men and women in uniform and police officers? Why do people need those types of weapons to defend themselves? Two reasons. Um, If they know how to use them uh, to protect themselves, because when I have an incident on, on the street where I live, it's minimum 30 minutes, usually an hour before law enforcement shows up. Okay, and that's on a 911 call. These guns, as you know, were designed for one reason and one reason only, to kill as many people as possible in the shortest period of time. They were designed as a lightweight weapon that was convenient to carry and shoot. So you would disagree with another assault weapons ban, because the reason why I bring that up, the last time we had an assault weapons ban, uh, gun violence went down in this country, and then the Republicans let it go, and then when it was not implemented because the Republicans let that bill die, uh, gun violence went back up. I mean, there is evidence to prove that when we don't have these assault weapons legally able to buy, I know there's illegal weapons out there, I get that, but the evidence shows that when we don't have these types of uh, weapons on the streets... Gun violence does go down, so why not implement that? Gun violence and crime go up and down partially based on the economy more than what you can and can't get your hands on. Because you can get your hands on anything you want. I believe you. And what you're saying okay, makes so sense. Let me, let me finish yeah, that part yeah. of it. Okay. The guns that were banned, I think, in 94 when Clinton was president, mm-hmm. okay, all you had to do to a banned rifle was put a little gizmo on it, either a, a band with a screw or a different kind of sight. They were so easy to modify and make unbanned and legal. So it was a joke to begin with. Now, evidently, obviously, too, the, the economy was coming up. Uh, Bush won at, at a shit, ter- excuse me, a terrible uh, economy. Mm-hmm. President Clinton come in there, got it turned around, right? And the, until 2000, when we had the Zoom mo- bubble or whatever the hell it was called, mm-hmm. and then we had declining again. Bush too screwed this country. But and, but you'll agree with me because it's a fact that we have more gun violence in this country than any other country. I'm not saying one law is going to change, and I'm not saying ten laws are going to change everything. 
I agree with you that we need more training. I've talked about that. I think that's one thing that we absolutely need. But I'm not sure that's enough. What other country in the world, number one, has it in their constitution, everybody can have a gun to protect themselves. What other republic or democracy, whatever you want to call it, the United States, has lasted longer than anywhere else in the world? Well, I mean, that's a tough question to answer. I, I, I know where you're going with that, but I would say that when the Constitution was written, you know, listen, they had muskets back then. I got tech, one now. Tech, right, and, and that's I think that's cool. But the point I'm trying to make is technology changes, times change, people change. We can't have a bazooka, right? You're not legally allowed to own an armed tank. So we do have certain laws that you can't have certain things, right? Um, I just don't think you need uh, some of these assault weapons to hunt. I think that's absurd. Uh, I don't think you need some of these weapons to defend yourself. Now, listen, you're a law-abiding citizen, Tom. I want you to have be able to have guns. I would never want to take that right away from you. But you know, you know what the rhetoric is from the right. Democrats want to take all your guns away, and that's just not true. Well, it pretty much is. And it, that's, How? That's the scary part. I'm, I'm going to give you some examples. Here's a middle-aged woman has a domestic violence in her own home mm-hmm. with a long-term boyfriend. Right. She cannot not own a gun anymore. Well, did she threaten him? He beat the shit out of her. But he... Why she, can't she own a gun? I don't understand that. She got a conviction... Right. For being in the fight with the guy, he was he had more juice than she did. Okay, so you're talking about red flag laws, politics. And, okay. Yeah. So here's where I they go too far. Yes, you, you go you get a kid that's in remedial reading in first grade in a public school, right? And he grows up, and they say he ain't smart enough to have a gun. I think there are extremes, but here's where I agree with the red flag laws. That's what's being pushed. Well, I, I don't think Democrats. Uh, most Democrats that I talk to uh, would agree with that. If the woman really doesn't do anything wrong, she doesn't make a threat, but she's in a domestic violence situation, it's it's very difficult to to pass something to not allow her to ever buy a gun. That's, That's very difficult. Or, or, or own or possess. But see, right. this is Nevada. Mm-hmm. And Nevada has laws. We follow California too much, right. for one thing. Yep. But we have laws in Nevada that... They can get a nickel here and a dime there, and pretty soon you don't have a dollar anymore. They've took it. But I think we need to be rational about this, right? If a man calls his ex-wife and says, calls her names and says, I'm going to buy a gun and I'm going to kill you, and that's on a voicemail, that man should not be allowed to have a gun until he's uh, evaluated and goes to jail, whatever the case may be. The kind of situation that you're talking about is very different. I wouldn't see any problem with that woman owning a gun to defend herself as long as there's no evidence to support the fact that she didn't threaten anybody and she's mentally sane. I, I'm okay with certain red flag laws. I'm not saying you should take someone's gun away just because someone says that they said something. There has to be actual evidence. But I do believe at some point red flag laws are should be on the books. Uh, I think the shooting at Parkland is a perfect example of a kid that was, uh, you know, called the police called on him like 49 times, and yet he was still allowed to buy guns. So I have a problem with what took place in, obviously we all have a problem with what took place in Uvalde, but how it happened. You have these Republicans that are saying, we need to harden our schools and let's give kindergarten teachers guns. I think that is absurd. Uh, I don't think all teachers should have to have guns. That's ridiculous, and I think that can make the situation worse. And they're saying, well, the back door should have been locked. This is a young kid who just shot his grandmother in the face. You think if a door is locked, that is going to uh, stop him from going in there? It's absurd. And then, you know, of course, we have all these coward cops yeah. uh, that didn't go in there as well. 
So I think we need to find middle ground. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. You're exactly right. Some common sense applied. But you've got, even in Nevada's legislature, right. you've got some extremely yep. liberal, want to take everything away from you, you know, including your baby formula and the number of diapers you can use. And I'm being facetious. But, and I've seen them in action up there. Uh, and since I left, it's been worse up there. Uh, there's a small percentage of Democrats that are extreme. There are people, a lot of people on the right that are extreme. But oh. look at the ones that are working in government, yeah. in county and city offices, in child protective services. Mm-hmm. Okay? They're overloaded. They got their own opinion. Uh, uh, here's a real quick example. I'm in line to register to sign up to run for re-election a mm-hmm. long time ago. Mm-hmm. And there's a gal behind me says hi wants to meet me and i said what are you running for she said family court judge i says how many kids you got none how many times you've been married married never i says i ain't voting for you yeah family court judge does require a little bit of experience now if maybe she was an aunt but i or something but just because you got a damn law degree doesn't mean you're qualified to make decisions for other people i agree and that's why i don't want people telling other people what to do with their body uh but i will say this and going back to COVID, and then we got to take a quick break here uh i was okay with the shutdowns for the most part i don't think uh people should have allowed to when we were losing five thousand people a day i don't think uh people should have been able to line up in a church unprotected no more than a casino uh, there were inconsistencies and it could have been handled better by everybody i totally understand that fair criticism to go around i don't like the way people are treating dr fauci and i don't like the way people are attacking democrats because there were shutdowns uh, nothing was perfect but uh you know i'll take governor sislock over ron DeSantis any day of the week well that's two extreme examples probably but yeah the states that kept their schools open mm-hmm. with a little more separation and training and 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 dedication to yep. safety and and caution the kids are doing a lot better kids here in, in nevada are what 24 25 percent higher anxiety and frustration and well the school dumber. system the school system here has always been terrible since no, i've been here for the last 20 years it's, it, it's been it's awful been good up until about uh, when's the last three school board members i helped get elected was in, i don't think the clark county school district has ever been uh, you could ever say wow this is one of the best school districts in the country i mean i've never heard anybody say that maybe there have been years where it's been better than it is now but this has never been a school district something to brag about i don't think well i i differ because i like i grew up here went to school here i've Understood. known them forever yeah. i've known the superintendents mm-hmm. forever mm-hmm. the thing is you don't hire a superintendent from outside this town yeah. because they don't know how this town in Nevada works, number mm-hmm. one. Secondly, mm-hmm. what other school district in this country do you know that also runs probably the biggest school construction program mm-hmm. anywhere by per capita? Yeah. You know? And has to deal with the BLM to get the land to build on because the damn developers don't pay shit for schools. You know a little bit about Clive and Bundy. You know a little bit about him, and and you know that whole situation. All right, here's what i got to do, Tom. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, talk a little bit more about your personal career. We, I think we've touched on a number of national and local issues, so we'll talk a little bit about your career when we come back. Uh, he is the former Cowboy Commissioner here. I'm talking, of course, about Tom Collins, who, who joined us. We'll take a quick break, and we'll wrap it up when we come back. You're listening. 
listening to Pushing Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Wednesday. So glad you could join us. By the way, tomorrow on the program, you heard about this uh, ex-boyfriend who tried to, in Ohio, who knocked on his ex-girlfriend's door and, and tried to break in, and the father shot him. Well, that guy's dead, and uh, his sister's going to be joining us on the show tomorrow. Uh, it's a very sad story, but uh, I guess you could say an interesting one at that. Uh, Michael Babcock, Mike Babcock from TMZ Sports, is going to be joining us tomorrow. Marshawn Lynch in trouble. New video now has surfaced of him uh, crashing his Lamborghini six months ago and then leaving the scene of a crash. So we'll talk to him about that tomorrow. I want to tell you guys quickly about Sahara West Urgent Primary Care, located at Sahara and Jones. Uh, $95 self-pay but if you don't have insurance, but they take most insurances, and you don't even need an appointment. Uh, I was in and out of there in 20 minutes on the testosterone therapy, which I brag about to the ladies all the time. Because it works, Tom. I'm telling you, it works. Uh, number to call, 702-248-0554. Check them out at saharawesturgentcare.com. We are joined in studio by Tom Collins, also known as the former Cowboy Commissioner, joining us in studio. All right, Tom, I'm going to I'm gonna read a couple quotes for you, and I know you've answered the, to these before, but as I was going through, okay, i got to ask Tom what he was thinking when he said this. Um, you called Utah residents a bunch of inbred bastards. What did you mean by that, and do you regret saying that? No, I don't regret it at all. They are a bunch of inbred bastards. Why do you, why do you feel that way? Because they were raised to marry within their cult, and they were raised to marry their sisters and brothers and cousins. You're talking about the Mormons, obviously. Yeah. And, and yeah, I get it. But, but you would agree with me that not, not everybody in Utah is like that. You're talking about the extreme no. religious cults in Utah. I would say the majority of the residents of Utah are related multiple times. The tree doesn't grow very wide. Obviously, when we're it's in records, it's in ancestry. Look it up. I hear you. Obviously, if you're someone that is marrying or dating somebody in your own family, you're, you're disgusting. I could use a lot of other words to describe them. I'm with you, Tom. I'm not an extremely religious person, so I can't relate to people who are Mormon or really any religious person. I understand that, but I think the reason why some people took offense to that is because you and I both know. Not everybody in Utah is dating their cousin. Not everybody in Utah is inbred. There are there are some good people in Utah as well. You know that. You're oh, a I smart know that. Guy. I've got some great friends right. up there. So you, when you make a generalization like that, people think you're talking about everybody. You understand why there was backlash for that? I state. didn't. I don't, yeah. I don't care. You don't care about the backlash, but you don't believe you don't believe everybody in Utah is like that. I had a. Here's an incident. I have an incident mm-hmm. with a guy, and I met a. At a Big dinner, gun dinner, and uh, a friend of mine come over. Eight people sit at this table, right? Six out of the eight, including husband and wives, were all cousins. Mm-hmm. It's common. Well, that's not right. That's not right. No. I'm, I'm with you. That's disgusting. Um, you've been known when you were through the course of your career, uh, you used some different language that maybe some people don't use today, but this was years ago, calling people Bubba, calling people Darling. Uh, Commissioners, I guess, once sought to ban you from the seven-member board over your public behavior, they claimed. What, what were your thoughts on those days in, in using that language? Listen, if somebody calls me Bubba, I don't really care. Uh, if, if you go up to a woman and say, hello, darling, how are you? I don't see anything wrong with that, me, but that's me personally. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? That's uh, part of that woke stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't be offended. You know, when I was a kid, and I was in plenty of fights as a kid, 
but I learned real young from my grandma, sticks and stones hurt your bones, but names will never hurt you. Yeah. These people that get offended or make a uh, prejudicial r- reply or comment or have judgmental feelings over being called something yeah you know i i agree with you that i think sometimes we're a little bit too sensitive uh i don't disagree with you on that okay so the la times writes an article about you oh great uh yeah uh in this article i'll read you just a couple sentences i won't torture you but it said through it all collins remains a drinker no excuses he often boozes out of anger over politics and his personal life including personal debt and estrangement from his two children and his eight grandkids so they're getting very personal with you uh what do you make of that statement that they wrote when you run for office when you're in the public everything's available right right so yeah what's your relationship like now with your kids and your grandkids do you speak with them on a regular basis i just got a a card from my daughter who just had a birthday last week and uh, a month or so ago my ex-wife my daughter my granddaughter and her daughter came over to my mom's house we had a big gathering you know mm-hmm. for some of the family to get together we're better than we've been good i'm happy Not to as hear good that. as always but no family's perfect no uh and you know when you run for office there's going to be personal attacks i'm glad to hear that, that things are doing better with your family that's a lot of grandkids holy smokes got a lot of grandkids going there eight <laughs> that's pretty cool that's pretty cool how many kids do you have two kids yeah what do they do one had five uh, children the other had three children are you still are you married or no no you're not married uh, you, two divorces only one only one okay he only went through that stretch one time okay well, that was, one was enough <laughs> fair enough so you've been a single man for how long uh, about eight years okay do you like your freedom i'm single as well do you like the freedom to do what you want to do and not have somebody i can't tell you on the program <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. All right, your, your best buddy, Steve Sisolak, here's what he said about you. I'll read one of his quotes. He has such thick skin, he doesn't realize his words can be hurtful. This is a government body. We're not out on the range. What's your response to that? That's typical Sisolak. Yeah. You guys haven't never had a really great relationship. Is that fair to say? That's very fair. Yeah. From the get-go, you guys never really saw eye-to-eye in a lot of different From things. when he ran for the state senate twice and lost in yeah. two different elections and then yeah. when he got on the board of regents because he had some, started getting some money from right. suing the county right so you got to think about that he sued clark county mm-hmm. on a takings bill and he got yeah. 15 20 million and then through the precedent of that lawsuit clark county mccarran now harry reed international airport has paid out over 500 almost 600 million dollars to the most ridiculous lawsuits because of judges and political influence in Nevada. I'd be honest with me. Come on. Uh, there's no way you're voting for Sislak. You're voting for Joe Lombardo. Come on, Tom. Be honest with me. I don't know if I'm going to vote for Joe, but I'm not going to vote for Steve. Well, who else are you going to vote for? If you don't vote for Steve, who else are you going to vote for? I'm, I don't vote for everybody on the ballot when they're both asked. So, there, so there's a chance you wouldn't vote for either of them? Correct. Okay. That's fair. I respect that. Hey, you know what? 2016. I didn't vote for Hillary, and I didn't vote for Trump. I voted for Joe Biden because I thought it was an anti-Donald Trump vote. I've been friends with Joe Biden for a long time through politics. And I did not vote for Trump or Hillary in 2016 either. 
So I voted was, for Obama twice. I love him. I got you. Uh, very articulate guy. Very intelligent. I do think he cares about people. I actually like his wife a lot. She did a lot of good things when it comes to kids and nutrition. I think, do you agree with me that if Michelle Obama ran for president, I don't care who runs against her, she wins in a landslide. Now, I don't think she's going to run. But if she did, she would defeat any of these Republicans, in my personal opinion. She probably could. Yeah. And I don't think she's going to run. Them. When was the last time you talked to Joe Biden? Um... Uh, six months. No, it's been several months ago. So you talk to him when he's still president. When, yeah. So when after you, he was president. So when are you going to get him on the show? That's what I want to know. <laughs> let's 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 do this right here since you brought up Joe and Steve yes again. yes. Like I said, Joe on integrity I think is way higher than Steve, and Steve's mistakes have been money driven and politically yeah. contri- contribution driven, but. If Joe loses, it's not him, it's his campaign folks. I think, do you agree with me that Joe Biden is a compassionate man, a man of empathy, a decent man? I respect his wife very much. The crap about Hunter Biden, okay, so he has a kid that's a screw-up. You know, who cares? Bo Biden, uh, a guy who served this country honorably, who tragically you know, lost his life to cancer. I believe Joe Biden is a decent man. Let me ask you this. Last time you spoke to Biden, how does this work? Like, does the president of the United States just call you on his cell phone, or do you call him? Like, I'm curious. How does that work? Me and Barry used to talk on the cell phone. Joe, ba- Joe and I, uh, we haven't had that f- cell phone conversation. He's busy. But he is, he's got a full heart, and he cares about everybody in this country, even the, the ones he criticizes yeah. or the, the GOP that are deniers, the GOP that right the MAGA are the Trump yeah yeah, yeah. The, yeah the law and order party that have abandoned law and order. So when you say you, you talked to the president maybe six months ago uh, without divulging too much, of course, like what is that conversation like? Just real quick, hi Tom, how you doing? So just cordial. Yeah. You guys keep in touch, and yeah, we don't do politics. Understood. And when he comes to town, when, when he does come to town, I would imagine maybe you will you'll shake his hand and say hello to him. I and, get to say hi. Well, that's pretty darn cool. Uh, I think that's pretty darn cool. Listen, um, I don't like that when people Biden in the bunker. It's all on the alt right, right? Biden in the bunker. He's got Alzheimer's for his age. At what seventy eight. I think he's pretty darn he's got a lot of energy for a 78 year old he's doing just fine he's had a pretty darn good month let me say and and i'm not a huge biden guy i like him for his empathy i think he's a decent man he has passed a lot of bills he's worked with republicans he's gotten a lot done in the last couple months that is going to help the american people and i give him a lot of credit for that i don't think he should want to run again with that being said i don't think he or camilla should run um, I think. What do you think of Gavin Newsom? We only got about two minutes here. What do you think of him? Uh, he's a uh, environmental flower. You don't like him? Oh, I agree on some things he's done. Yeah, but he's more socialist than Putin. All right, one minute. Who would you support on the left for president of the United States if the election were tomorrow? Who would you want to run, and who would you vote for? I'd vote for Joe anytime he runs. Anybody else? If Joe decides not to run, is there somebody on the left that you say, you know what, or maybe even a Republican, uh, that you would support for president in 2024? I don't know of any Republican that I think would be a good president. You and me both. <laughs> uh, and there's only, you know, two or three Democrats. Yeah. Now, if, I'm if with you. Newsom runs, he's probably going to get a pretty good advantage. Kamala? Yep. Kamala needs to go back to San Francisco, and I, I I like San Francisco. I was born there, okay, but she needs to go back yeah. there. I'm not a fan of hers either. And, and do some nice you. things for the people. Next time you come in, Tom, I'm going to have Steve Sislak sitting to your right. I'm going to have Joe Lombardo sitting to your left. That's my dream. 
Would that be torture for you? Sisolak could get killed. No, I'll go. I'll go anywhere. I don't care. Well, you're here, so obviously that's the case. Well, you're here. No, seriously. And all, uh, Tom, I appreciate your candor and, and you coming in, and, and it's been a fun conversation. You're welcome back anytime, and uh, I appreciate. You brought it. up Bundy's. Yes. Now, Joe Lombardo walked the middle of I-15 between Bundy's Wild Ones yeah. and the uh, Federal troops. That- I was involved in that every day because the BLM went out and took over too much land. They shut down. I remember, yeah. They shut down construction. I remember. I-15 was getting widened. I had to get roads back open. I remember. You worked very hard in those days, and and I appreciate that about you. Well, I hope you'll come back in again. This has been a lot of fun, Tom, and I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks, Tom. I know where you're at now. now I don't don't know. Is that a good thing? I don't know. I'm just joking. Tom, I appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. All right, folks, we're going to take a 22-hour break tomorrow on the show. As I mentioned, Mike Babcock from TMZ Sports will be joining us, an update on the Marshawn Lynch situation. And then uh, we will also be speaking to the sister of the young man who was shot and gunned down by the father of his ex-girlfriend. Remember that story we talked about yesterday. Uh, Go Vegas Aces! We'll be covering that tomorrow as well. See you tomorrow, everybody. Thanks for the invitation, Bridget. You bet, you bet.